As I said, we're going to take a break from the minor prophets and go to a different prophet today, uh, Daniel, of, so to speak. And we're going to look at Daniel chapter 1 this morning as we talk about praying and fasting. And Daniel gives us a model for praying and fasting. And I really believe today that if we could grab a hold of this, it'll change our lives, mine included. It will really give us some great guidance as we pray and fast over the next few days. And Daniel is in an interesting situation. In Daniel chapter 1, the Israelites have been taken captive by the Babylonians, and they've been brought into the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, and they've been put through this process where they are beginning to uh, basically be learning the culture of the Chaldeans, and he's going through this process of having to learn to eat like the Chaldeans, learn their language, learn their wisdom, their literature, all of the different things. And so the Bible picks up Daniel chapter one by giving us the story of where they were coming from and who they were going to be ultimately. And so we're going to read just a few verses here that give us some context about these few Hebrew children that I think you'll recognize their names today. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 5 that the king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine of the food that he drank. And they were to be educated for three years and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Now note what is happening in this process is they've been brought in to learn the literature of the Chaldeans so that they could stand in the king's palace. Ultimately, they were being prepared to be servants of the king, and they were going through this process of preparation for that. And so they were uh, being going through this, this uh, trial. And so the Bible, I want to read their names to you because oftentimes it's interesting to me. We read their names and we know Daniel by his Hebrew name. But the Bible shows us that they were given Babylonian names uh, to kind of help them blend in with the culture, I guess. And so I want to read them to you. Among these were Daniel, whose name was or among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. And Daniel he called Belshazzar, and Hananiah he called Shadrach, and Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. We often know Daniel by Daniel, but we know the other three not by their Hebrew name, but by their Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so look at verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or the wine that he drank. So therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should, why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths of your own age? Kind of tell you what's happening here real quick. Basically, there's been a guy who's been put in charge of these Hebrew children to ensure that they are getting prepared properly. And they're getting the right diet so that they come in the king's palace strong and mature and growing in the way that they're supposed to be. So this guy comes to them, who's the chief over them, and says to them, Hey, Daniel, I don't know about this. If, if this doesn't work out so great, it's my head on the chopping block. And that's really what he feared, ultimately. But Daniel would go on to speak to them in verse 12 and would tell him, <clears throat> Test your servants for ten days, and let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. 
And then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. In other words, Daniel says, hey, if, it's, if something bad happens, it doesn't work out. It's on us, not you. So don't worry about it. But he tells them that Daniel tells them that he is going to refuse the king's food and go on this fast, really, of only eating vegetables. And this is where you hear the phrase, the Daniel fast. This is where it's found, is Daniel refused the food of the king and ultimately to show himself uh, faithful to God. And so he goes on to say in verse 15 that at the end of the 10 days, after it had been, they'd fasted, they'd gone through this process of only eating vegetables, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. And as for these youths, for youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And I want to skip down to verse 20. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. Daniel's story is really the beginnings of something that would shape his life. What happens in Daniel, 1, Daniel chapter 1 prepares and gives weight to the whole story of Daniel chapter 2 through 12. That if it wasn't for what had happened in Daniel chapter 1 by Daniel deciding to fast and pray, then he would have missed out on the blessing that would have came in Daniel chapter 2 through 12. There would be no Daniel chapter 2 through 12 without this Daniel seeking and praying and fasting. And so today I want to talk to you. I've titled this sermon, Preparing for the King's Service. Preparing for the King's Service. That's what Daniel was doing. Daniel went through this process and the Bible ultimately said that he was getting him ready to stand in the palace of the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. But what Daniel probably didn't really realize at the moment was that he was getting prepared to stand in the palace of the king, but it wasn't necessarily King Nebuchadnezzar. He was going to stand before King Jesus, Almighty God, and he was getting ready for the service of the Lord. And everything that happened in this fast that he went through with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, everything that they endured was preparation for their ministry up to come. Everything that was ahead of them, their future, this was preparing them in the process. And it was a necessary process to help them. And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about fasting and prayer and show you some of the things that happened in Daniel's life and the others that can also happen in our lives as we fast and pray. The first thing I want you to see is comes out of verse 15, that at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. Now, I don't know about you, but if when I eat uh, spinach for 10 days, I don't come out looking that way usually. But in Daniel's case, it changed him. It made him different. He trusted God to sustain him and to help him. And therefore, he came out stronger and better in appearance than all the others. 
It shows us a powerful principle about fasting, that if we will learn to fast, it brings growth and maturity. And that's what Daniel experienced. Fasting adds to our spiritual lives, not just quality, but quantity. And that's how they grew. They grew in quality, better in appearance, and they grew in quantity. They grew greater than they had been before. And the thing about fasting is you won't just grow, but you will mature. And that's why Paul says this. He says, I desire that you don't just drink the milk of the word anymore. I want you to eat the meat of God's word. He was trying to get them away from only having baby food and to get to the point where they could eat adult food. And it's interesting, it's kind of ironic that fasting brings about that kind of maturity that helps us to eat meat. And that's what God wants for us as we fast is growth and maturity. God wants us to be all that he's called us to be, to reach the maturity and spiritual level that he wants us to be. And it happens through fasting. It happens as we desire to say, Lord, I'm going to push away food for a little bit. I'm going to push away the thing that I know my body needs in dependence upon you. It's a spiritual practice that is, is ancient. It's gone back hundreds of thousands of, or thousands of years, all the way to the beginning of Jesus' words being spoken. People fasting, seeking the Lord, and desiring to say, we want the Lord. We know our bodies need strength, but we're going to trust God to give us strength, and in the meantime, we're going to seek God's face. So it brought growth and maturity. They were better in appearance, and they were fatter in flesh. God wants that for your life and my life, that when we fast, we'll grow, we'll mature. I don't want to just be a seed in the ground. I don't know if you've ever planted anything before and you put a seed in the ground. How depressing is it when you come back and that thing never grew, right? No, you want to see it grow into all that you intended it to be when you planted it. And that's the same way with our lives. God wants us to be the believers that he intended us to be. And the little bit of water on that seed is fasting when we seek the Lord. You won't just grow, you will mature in the faith. The second thing I want you to notice that happened as they fasted and prayed was they brought growth and maturity. But secondly, it brought the miraculous. I think this chapter really is one of the greatest understatements of the miraculous in the Old Testament. Because here is Daniel who has decided to not eat the king's food and to only eat vegetables, to go on that Daniel fast, so to speak. And as he was fasting, at the end of it, the Bible says they came out better in appearance and stronger. And it's amazing to me that what had happened during their fasting was a miracle. Physically, that should not have been possible. Physically, that should not have happened. That defied the odds of nature. But yet what had happened was a miracle. And it shows us a principle about fasting that when we choose to seek the Lord in fasting, we can expect the miraculous. We can expect God to work in ways in which we've never seen him before. God used their refusal to defile themselves and he brought increase. And they understood and discovered the power of God's word that Job spoke, that it is truly the Lord who gives and takes away. They had thought it was their food the whole time, but then they discovered as they fasted that it's only the Lord who gives and takes away. As we fast, as we pray, I want to experience the miraculous. I want to experience God's power in, your, in my life. Maybe there's something that you're going on in your life and God is inviting you to fast about it and pray about it so that you can experience that miracle that you need. 
Thirdly, they brought about growth and maturity. It brought about miraculous. And thirdly, it brought about this thing that is an interesting concept. In verse 20, we see this. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. Did you see that? God took the little bit that they had and he used it to make them 10 times better than anybody else. Here are these Israelite captives that have been brought into Babylon. And all of a sudden, they go through this preparation. And not only that, but they decide they don't want to be a part of that preparation process. They decided to fast. And in that process, God used that to bring about this supernatural wisdom and understanding. The Bible told us earlier in verse 17 that it was because of this that Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. You know what happens when you fast? I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it. But I see it here, President Daniel chapter 1. And I, there's not really a way to add it up. God is not someone that we can truly map out all of it. But there's something that happens when you fast. Fasting gives you a spiritual awareness and discernment that you otherwise wouldn't have. I call it the spiritual edge. It gives you a little bit more of a heightened awareness to where God is at work. It shows us and draws us closer to the Lord's work. And it's like this kind of the focused discipline of seeking the Lord. It tunes our ear to hear what God is saying to us. It lets us draw a little bit closer. Instead of drawing closer to a plate of food, we draw closer to God's word and prayer. And we begin to listen a little bit closer than we listened before. I've noticed that it gives you this kind of edge to note where God is working and join it right away. That where God is moving, that you immediately want to be a part of it. It gives you this supernatural edge in your life. I noticed a few months ago as I was going through just life and as all of us do, I noticed that I got into this season in my life where I began to feel like, God, I'm praying. It just doesn't feel like you're hearing me. Beyond that, it began to get to feel like a desert. Like, Lord, I'm praying, I'm reading your word, but it just feels so dry. There's no life coming. It just seems like something's dried up. It's empty. It just felt shallow inside. There was no growth happening. Just a dry place, a desert season, if you will. And it was in that season that I noticed that God began to call me to fast and lead me to time of praying and fasting. And listen, when, when, when you're preaching messages and you get to a place where you don't feel like you have anything to preach, that can make you feel a little desperate, I think. But God called me on that fast. And I noticed something. That, you know what, that fasting, I didn't, I experienced the same thing. I felt the same kind of dryness. Desert season, felt like God couldn't hear me. Uh, I learned something about my feelings that they couldn't be trusted. But when I got on the other side of that fast, I noticed something happened. That when I went into the prayer closet, it was like my ear was bigger than before. I could hear the Lord speaking again. It was like when I read God's word, it just leapt off the pages and hit me in the face. It was like praying and seeking the Lord for directions and sermons. It came a little bit easier. It was like the windows of heaven had opened up in my life. 
And it shows me the power of fasting that also reveals this kind of spiritual edge that fasting helps us to be attuned to the work of God. It's like when you put the, those rabbit ear antennas on top of a TV, you've got to move it to get it in the right direction to get the right signal. And that's what fasting does. It helps us to get attuned to where God is working so that we can receive the right signal. It helps us to draw closer to the Lord than we had previously been. And God wants that for all of our lives. It's not just for reserved for any people. If you'll fast and pray, I can guarantee you that God will help you have a heightened awareness and prove the words of James that if you'll draw close to the Lord, the Bible says he will draw close to you. A powerful principle about God's word. And then I want to show you this, that the disciplines ultimately prepared them. They were getting ready for the king's service and they got into this discipline. We call prayer and fasting a discipline because when you go pray and fast, the greatest enemy you're going to face is not anybody around you. It's the guy you're looking in the mirror, right? It's that flesh. It's that, that flesh that says when you get into the fast and you want to give up and you want to quit, you say, no, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciplines prepared them. This is why Paul said, figuratively speaking, I beat my body into subjection in order that I may run the race. What he was saying was not that he was really beating himself up, but that he was trying to get himself where he needed to be to get disciplined. And how many of you know self-discipline is hard? It's difficult. It's challenging, right? We have to talk to ourselves. We have to preach to ourselves to get where we need to be. And this principle shows us that when the discipline was preparing them for, that their private discipline prepared them for their public service. The book of Daniel starts off with these Hebrew men depending on the Lord and fasting. And this small discipline would ultimately become the model for the rest of their lives. Don't miss this. The, what they would do right here in Daniel chapter 1 would ultimately show them that if they could learn to be strengthened when they're fasting and trust God, that they would soon discover that he's the same God who could deliver them from the fire and shut the mouth of the lion. If they could learn to practice a little bit of the discipline of fasting and trust God to be their strength and their sustenance, when they were dropped into that fiery furnace, they could likewise depend upon the Lord. And the same with Daniel. When he was dropped into the lion's den, he could also discover that it is the Lord who is my strength, nobody else, and God will shut the mouth of the lions. Their private discipline prepared them for their public service. It was getting them ready. It was the preparation that they needed for their future. And that's the way the disciplines work is their private disciplines ultimately prepare us for our future. They prepare us for where God wants us to be. Daniel likewise demonstrated his commitment to prayer. You read in Daniel chapter 6 of what got him thrown in the lion's den in the first place was he continued to pray to the Lord. And the Bible says that he got down on his knees and prayed. He knew that the decree had been put out there, but the Bible shows his dependence upon the Lord that he got down on his knees and prayed. He was being prepared. He was getting ready for the process. And I want to show you some of the things that happen in the preparation. As God's preparing us for the king's service, getting us to be ready for all that God has called us and intended us to be. Number one, I want you to see this, that there is a blessing in the preparation. There's a blessing in the preparation. We underestimate the power of fasting and prayer and depending upon the Lord, especially when you're in the middle of a fast and you're hungry and you think, what in the world is this accomplishing? 
especially when you go to pray and it feels like you're talking to the wall. All of those things, we tend to underestimate the power of the private disciplines. We ask ourselves, is this really worth it? Is this accomplishing anything? You may feel like it's not working or it's ineffective. However, what Daniel was learning and what we have to learn, that it's learning to love the Lord in the private disciplines that leads to God publicly blessing you and getting you where you need to be. God honors the seemingly insignificant practices. And that's what's so amazing about it is that he can take something that seems futile, that seems meaningless, and he can make us better and stronger because of it. That God can use a discipline that It seems like, what in the world is this doing? But yet he'll make us better because of it. There's a blessing in the preparation if you'll be willing to endure the preparation for the king's service. The second thing I want you to see is there's a strength that comes in the preparation. Prepares us, gets us ready. I don't know about you, but 2020 has certainly had its toll on all of us. There's a little bit of me even that feels, Lord, that was a challenging year. But I discovered something as I was reading through Daniel and as even as I was praying about this today, there's a strength in the preparation. You know, I remember when I went out to, uh, for the, didn't last long, but I went out to try for middle school football for a little bit. That was about the briefest sport I was ever a part of. Just discovered that I didn't, wasn't going to work for me. But one of the things I noticed is, is that we were on the football field one day and they were training, they were practicing, they were trying out. And here's all these guys and they're telling us to do burpees and uh, jump, jumping jacks and all this. And they said, you might lose your lunch. That scared me more than anything. And here we were preparing. And I noticed that what began to happen was one by one, they began to drop. This guy was out. That guy was out. There, nope, there. And then I was way out in the beginning. Uh, all this, this process of competing and training to each other. And, you know, Preparing for service with King Jesus is not like preparing for service with any other king, military, or team. You know, it's like soldiers. They train together and where the feats of strength are revealed, right? The strongest guy comes out on top usually in those types of competition. But what's amazing about service to King Jesus is he says you can be the weakest guy around, but if you'll give yourself to him privately, he'll make you a blessing and make you strong because of it. It's the private discipline that ultimately makes us stronger in public. It's the weak being made strong. And there is a strength in the preparation of fasting and prayer if you'll give yourself to it. If you'll surrender yourself to the process that God could take the weak and make them strong. Likewise, there's a purpose in the preparation. You know, it's easy in our lives, especially nowadays in our culture, to live with a shallow mindset, to think always trying to measure up to others. We look at the TV, we look at others and think I'll never be like them, always trying to compare ourselves, always feeling like I'll never be like them, I'll never talk like them, I'll never be gifted like them. But the amazing thing is, is that when you're fasting and praying in God's kingdom, there is a blessing upon blessing to those who will seek him and he will make you exactly to who he has called you to be. Not a copycat, not somebody else, exactly to who he has called you to be. That's why he said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, when you were in the womb, I knew you and I formed you. God formed him not in to be Ezekiel, not to be Isaiah, but made him to be Jeremiah. And the same is true of our lives, that fasting helps us to encounter our purpose for our lives and gets us ready for the future of where God wants us to be. It puts us in alignment with our purpose for our lives as we begin to listen and discern God's work. 
not somebody else, not to match up and be like somebody else, but to be sensitive to where the Lord is leading us in our own lives. There's a blessing in the preparation. There's a strength in the preparation. And there's also a purpose in the preparation. And then I want to see you this, uh, this next one. There is a molding in the preparation. There's a molding in the preparation. I've kind of thought in my life that the prayer closet, we call the prayer closet the place where we pray, it, the name of it should be changed. It should be called the transformation closet. Because you can go in feeling defeated and you can come out with victory. You can go in weak as you pray and come out strong. You can go in sick and come out well as you pray. You can go in tired and you can come out renewed. You can go in depressed and come out joyful as you pray. You can go in as a sinner and come out as a new creation. Listen, God does his best work in the prayer closet. We are no greater than our private disciplines as spiritually speaking. All that we are going to be as believers in Jesus Christ is based upon what happens in the prayer closet. It's based upon how we pray, how we read God's word. It's all dependent upon that because that is where growth and maturity come. We'll never grow any greater than that. It's the place where God can get you and I alone. Turn off the noise and mold us, shape us, guide us, and refine us as he sees fit. And ultimately lead us into his perfect plans for our lives. Listen, if we ever want to experience the abundance of God's blessings for our lives, it'll start with the prayer closet when it becomes important to us again. It's what God uses to prepare us for the king's service. Oh, that God would lead us there. I think it's Pastor Jim Simbola that says this. He says that I've seen God accomplish more in 10 minutes of real prayer than any 10 sermons of my life. And I'd like to add to that to say that I've never seen God do anything in any of my sermons apart from prayer. That what God does publicly is truly dependent upon who we are to him privately. Without a private ministry to the Lord, can I just tell you, none of us have a public ministry. None of us can reach our purpose. It's based upon that. It's what strengthens us. It was the words of some guy that I encountered when I first came to know Christ that said to me, that stuck with me and rang in my ears forever and says, if you're not reading your Bible and praying every day, I want to invite you to start today. And those words stuck with me and I didn't realize that those little pieces of advice that he told me would change my life. That would make me who I was going to be. That would shape me. That's where my purpose would be found in prayer. That's where God would encourage me in prayer. It was in those times of prayer that I would see God work more in prayer than I've ever seen him accomplish publicly. It's that time of being with the Lord that makes us who we are as believers. And without it, all we are is a facade. It's just a show. It's just what people see on the outside. We lack life and power and efficacy. And the real ministry, the real tool in ministry, is not what any of us see of each other on Sunday morning. It's what you don't see when God beckons us to the prayer closet. It's what God does when we're alone with him and speaking to us and encouraging us. And this year, as we pray and seek the Lord, I want to invite you. Ten days of prayer and fasting. Maybe you haven't started praying. Maybe you haven't started reading the Bible. Just jump in. Dive in. Start somewhere. Begin seeking the Lord. Uh, when, I was in, when I began praying and reading the Bible, the Lord had to help me because I was not somebody that could sit down and read a book at any means. And you know what it started with? It started with a verse a day. I said, okay, Lord, I'll start with a verse a day. And there's something began to happen. As I partnered that with prayer, I began to get hungry. Something changed. I said, no, I want to, I, I read this verse. That's interesting. I want more of that. 
Start somewhere. Start small and begin to grow. We often intimidate our own selves with too big of goals. There's a blessing in the preparation, strength, purpose, molding. And finally, I want to show you this, that there's prayer in the preparation. There are two types of people in the church, in the body of Christ. Those who haphazardly hope that something good will happen in their lives and in their ministry are those who are serious about seeing God move and passionately pursue after the Lord for such. I want to ask the musicians to come. I want to read you a few verses just to show you the power of God's word and his responses to prayer. That the Lord responds to the plea of his people. Here's a few. Notice the theme that happens. Call to me and I will answer you. Ask and it will be given to you. If we ask anything, he hears us. Pray and I will hear from heaven. Pray to me and I will listen to you. You will pray and he will hear you. He will respond to the prayer of the destitute. The Lord is near to those who call on him, and he hears the righteous. That's just a few scattered throughout the Bible. It's hard to get through God's word and not see this. I want to encourage you. I really want you to grab this today. It's hard to not read God's word and not get a hold of this, that when God's people pray, he responds. He acts. He moves. He listens. He is listening. First John said it this way. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request made of him. What a confidence, what a faith that John would say, hey, we know that he's hearing us when we ask, so we can leave with confidence knowing that we've got the request that been made of the Lord. Likewise, the Bible says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who asked him? The Lord is open and waiting for you and I to come to him in prayer. He's listening. He's ready to respond and inviting us in. And if you want to be positioned into the purpose God has for your life, pray. If you're standing at a crossroads and you feel uncertain about where to go, what do I do? How do I make this decision? Do we do this? Do we buy the home? Do we buy the car? Do we go here? Do we go there? All of the uncertainties about life. Fast. Seek the Lord. Discern his wisdom for your life. The Lord is near to those who call on him. And prayer and fasting, they get us ready for service for the king. And I don't know about you, but I want to be made ready to serve King Jesus more than ever before. I don't want to be what I was yesterday. I want to be who all God has intended me to be tomorrow. And it starts with praying and fasting. It was what shaped Daniel's life and the Hebrew children. It was what gave them and shifted them into their purpose. And it's what will do the same for you and I. And I want to encourage you today. Would you just ask the Lord? We're starting our fast tomorrow. And we gave you today. I wanted to just plead with you for a here moment this morning. Would you consider how you might fast and pray? We're fasting and praying corporately as together we might find strength with one another, but maybe you'll fast and pray and discover something in your own personal life. Maybe you'll find direction from the Lord like you never had before. Maybe you'll discover God's presence just delighting you. Maybe you'll get into time of prayer instead of just naming off your requests, you'll discover that God's just speaking over you, His love and His promises, affirming you and loving you. There's nothing sweeter than being in God's presence and being overwhelmed by His presence. Would you stand with me today?
as the choir comes, I want to invite you today, right where you're at, in your own way, kneel, raise your hands. Maybe you want to come kneel at this altar. But would you start this year off right today, the first Sunday of the new year, by asking for the Lord, seeking him. God, I need you. I'm not going to make it tomorrow without you. By praying and listening to his voice. In your own way, just tell him. Maybe you haven't talked to him in a while in prayer. Just talk to him. Speak to him. Oh, how he loves us so much. Invites us in. So, Lord, today we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the power of praying and fasting. That, Lord, you've given us methods to draw closer to you, Lord. And God, more than last year, this year, we want to trust you and depend upon you unlike ever before, Lord. And I pray, Father, all of us would truly grasp this, that we would learn to trust you privately and depend upon you in the prayer closet, that we could see the public blessing of the Lord upon us all, Lord. I pray, God, you would speak to us, that you would encourage us. I pray new life and strength would come. I pray, Lord, that when those who are running out of energy and strength to go on with life, that they'd get before you in prayer and you would just pour out your blessings upon them as they seek your face, Lord. I pray renewal would come. I pray a fresh anointing from heaven, Lord. Lord, we want to experience you. We don't want to be a people that just talk about you, Lord. We want to encounter you, Lord. I don't want to just say, I know Jesus. I want to be the one who says in my own heart, yes, I have been with the Lord. He's changed my life. He's made me different. So Lord, today we pray, God, lead us, guide us into your presence, Lord. Show us the way, Father, this year. For those who are going to fast and pray, God, I pray that you'll be their sustenance and their strength, God, that you'll sustain them and keep them and uphold them, Lord, and meet them in a powerful way. And Lord, we thank you today, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We start this year off, Lord, by seeking you today. God, would you bless this year, Lord? Would you bless this year? Oh, that you would bless us indeed, Lord. God, enlarge our territory as a church. Let us reach more people than ever before, Lord. God, let your hand be with us in whatever we do this year, Lord. Whether we sing, whether we serve, Lord, let your hand be with us, God. Lead us, guide us, Jesus. We need you, Lord Jesus. We're depending upon you and trusting in you, Lord. We're going to believe you, Father. As the choir sings, sing this song. Make it your prayer. Pray in your own way. But talk to the Lord today. Really step out on faith. Try something new this year. Seek the Lord. Trust Him. Pray and fast. Let's sing today.